nearly four decades later, and they're still talking to each other. Stay a minute for observations, reviews, That's very clever, sir. ranting, and maybe a couple guests. It's commentary you didn't ask for, and a podcast you don't need. This is Absolute BS with Brad and Steve. What can I say? I'm thrilled. Absolute BS is an experimental series of conversations with some of Grand Rapids' more entertaining personalities. Through random questions and off-kilter discussions, we hope to lift the veil on the personalities that make the city thrive. Stick around for a while as we talk to Grand Rapids legend, Krista Camille Avery. It's good to be back here on another uh, podcast episode of Absolute BS with Brad Lackman and Steve Steckity. I'm Brad Lackman. And I'm Steve Steckity. And today we are sitting in the studio with the lovely and talented Krista James Avery. James. A wonderful, wonderful young lady who works in our uh, city at the uh, Special Olympics of West Michigan, I believe, as well as... Is that how you pronounce that? Is that how you say that? Which part... The because Special Olympics. You gave a lot of wrong information already, so just wondering if uh, right, which I'm part sorry. we're talking Please about. Please correct. Please correct. Oh, okay. Yes. So my name is Krista Camille Avery, not James. And you know what's kind of funny is we have a friend named James. We do. Whose mother's name is Camille. And I can see where. That's for real. I can see how and where that would confuse you. This feels okay. so scripted. Um, and then you are working at the Special Olympics. Correct. The Special Olympics of Michigan. Of Michigan. Okay. Tell us a little bit about the Special Olympics of Michigan. What do you do? Not much. So. All right. End of interview. <laughs> End of job. <laughs> so I'm the Senior Director of Development. So I oversee our corporate, foundation, and individual relationships in the state of Michigan. But our organization as a whole, we serve over 27,000 athletes in the state of Michigan who have an intellectual disability. So we don't just do sports and competitions. We do unified champion schools, which is we go into schools and we have special education and general education children participating in sports and in gym classes together and then doing anti-bullying programs within the schools. We also do a young athletes pro- program, which is working on motor skills for young athletes um, ages two to seven. And then we also do free health screenings for our athletes. So just a whole myriad of things that we do alongside our sports competitions. Sorry, that that's, is so much more than I thought. That's basically a day right. in the life of you then is going through all those things for these uh, athletes. Well, the day in the life of me is fundraising. So I work with donors and um, corporate donors, foundations, and individuals to give to these programs, usually finding a passion area for them, whether that be the education initiative, a um, health initiative, or whatever the case may be, and whatever they'd like to give to, and we find a good fit that way, and then they usually can come to a competition and actually see their dollars at work, which that's what's so powerful about the Special Olympics is it's so tangible. I guess my big question is why? Why what? Why do you do it? Why do I? Why do I fundraise for Special Olympics? Yes. Well, I think, um, honestly, just going to one event, I think you could see how contagious it is, and our athletes are the greatest human beings you could ever meet. I mean, I feel that most of us could learn a lot from them just by their sportsmanship and just their outlook on life. So just being around that in general is super contagious, and it feels really good. I mean, unfortunately, in my line of work, I don't get to be with our athletes day to day, I'm out fundraising and with donors, but that part is really special as well because being able to bring somebody in who's never experienced Special Olympics and then watch them turn into someone who never 
experience our program to someone who's now supporting it, volunteering year after year, bringing their families in and their kids in to volunteer, and now it's a way of life for them, and they pass that on to their kids. That's the most rewarding part. I will tell you one thing that moved me when I when we went to see uh, the tour, the amazing tour that we got over at Calvin College. I think that's Calvin? the best tour I ever did. It was the best tour. It felt like the best tour. I think. <laughs> I like the part with the empty rooms that we walked in. That was really good. That was my favorite part. I um, saw a lot of camaraderie, and it was coming through on all this with all the um, athletes, and it was something I hadn't felt since I was in school. And and seeing that you don't see that in professional games anymore, this camaraderie of team and everybody's um, just really involved and very supportive of each other. That was very profound, Brad. Thank you, thank you. It was. Wow, that was beautiful. I, I couldn't think, make I eye think contact. she's going to steal that and put that into that. 20-minute spiel she just went through. I feel like I can't make eye contact with you. No, it was hard. It was hard when I said that. Wow. I made those sentences. That was amazing. Yeah. So is the Special Olympics gig just a stepping stone to something greater in Krista's life? I'm not sure. I think it's to just... To more states or like not or just Michigan? retail? Oh, yeah. I mean, I really love shopping, so I was thinking that maybe I could help out at Sephora on the weekends. We can strategize on that. Let's talk I think about that's that. Really Make good. a list. I just wish that everyone knew how hipster you are. All right, let's just shift gears for a second on this <laughs> one then, because this has been something I've known Krista for what, like three weeks? Met you at some party or something, uh, mm. and you seem cool. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm, you develop mm-hmm. this idea that I am a hipster. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. anybody who knows me knows that I'm about the furthest thing away from uh-huh. that in mm-hmm. thought, word, and deed, in mm-hmm. the way I dress, the actions that I sure. take, mm-hmm. the, the entertainment that I partake in, right. and everything. So I. I am just curious mm-hmm. as to why you think this has anything to do with that. The way you do not want to fit in mainstream, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's what makes you very hipster. Well, no, you know, you have, there's you. some there's some logic and credibility to that notion. Growing up, Brad Always. and I did not want to necessarily fit in, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we partook in activities that were a little bit outside the normal sportsy thing and all that but uh i don't do that today well and on top of that i would say like the photography and the videography um career path that you went on video producer please oh okay yeah sure okay Mm -hmm. that that's hipster it feels well i've certainly worked with hipster videographers in town before and they're all good in their own way shape or form that didn't work can you tell all of us here um especially because you're Hipsters are going to be a lot of your audience like here his, for his podcasts. Followers, his yeah, hipster followers. So maybe? you tell me, um, what is it that you have against your um, your own species? <laughs> my own species. Well, I don't have anything against uh, my own species per se. I do have uh, a lot against things, uh, the old man syndrome, the get off my lawn kind of thing that I think most people develop when they get a little bit older and you realize that the world is changing faster than you are and you are on your spiral downward. And uh, you just got to try to keep up with it as best you can. But a lot of things you hold dear to you when you were younger get taken away from you or transformed into the new kids' ways to do it. And that happened when I was young too, but it doesn't mean I like it now. So I was with someone the other day who knows you, Stephen. And they asked me, and I can't remember who it was, but they said, did you have a trench coat like Steve had when he was younger? And I, I didn't, I neither confirmed nor denied the allegations that were brought before me. Yeah. Because when we were 16, 17, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. Up to 22 for me. <laughs> you I held on to that I way still too wear long trench coats to this day. So I just wanted to bring that up. Let's get back to our guest. Um, I don't like her anymore. Yeah, me neither. Um, Let us get back to Edible GR. Edible GR, your uh, Instagram and Facebook. Food blog. Food blog. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Um, what what brought that into your life? What was the choice there? Um, well, I think I just kind of started putting some photos up on Instagram because I eat out a lot, mm. and I I. <laughs> I eat out a lot. Because I eat out a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm not picky either. So half the time when I go into a restaurant, I'm asking the chef or the or my waitress or a waiter to pick a dish for me. That's yeah, because they favorite. love that when you do that. I think they do. I think they do too. And we were both uh, waiters, so I totally think they do. Too. I know. Oh. Wow. Agree to disagree. So you um, you start taking pictures of mm-hmm. these meals that would come to your table. right. So I started put, taking photos of my food and throwing and, up on Instagram. And I'm the hipster. Is that a hipster thing? Or is that just more of a millennial? I think because you don't know that's a hipster thing, it's kind of a hipster thing. Excellent. I okay, love so, it. I have nothing against it. Good. Well, I was really impressed. You and I were out to um, to dinner or lunch or something, and you were taking pictures of your food mm-hmm. to put on Edible GR, your food blog. And what is a you, blog? you were talking about how damn sexy this food was <laughs> and how you could make any food or drink, for that matter, mm-hmm. sexy as hell. I do. I do think food is sexy. I can't help it. Like the photos you take or just food in general? Mm, both. Yes. Okay. That's a good question. Like meatloaf? It could be sexy if I no, took a picture be. of it. By the <laughs> way, it could not be. How do ever. you know? I think it could. No, it could not. You what know about... what's got a really interesting take on meatloaf is electric cheetah. Yeah, but all those places have it because it's meatloaf mixed with like asparagus ribs and dirt and random stuff that that make it artisan and handcrafted. So that's why it's really good. This is why you do not have a food blog. No, this is correct. You um, cannot sexy up. Can you make meatloaf. moons over my hammy? Challenge accepted, by the way. Moons over my hammy. You know what, what that is? What the heck is a moons is over a my hammy? Long staple of uh, Denny's. Denny's cuisine. I don't and go to Denny's. I do only local. I don't do chains. But we're not picky, are we? You should try it. Oh, you're turning into like this. Yeah, you just, you're just, your pose just not, changed. And you I just do not do up. change. I don't do change. Well, well, so what else, what kind of local do you do around here? What's what's good to eat? For Italian, I really like Osteria. Yeah. Chef Chris Perky does a really good job over there. He actually hand makes all of his noodles by hand. <laughs> nice. Handcrafted? <laughs> Have you ever had the difference between a homemade pasta noodle? I have been to Italy. Not. It doesn't seem like you have. But also, <laughs> what does that look like? It also seems like I'm a hipster, so your judgment calls are... You're uh, still stuck on yes, that. Yes, uh, Steve, as a hipster, do you eat at chain restaurants? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do eat at chain restaurants. You are crawling I, back into the I regular zone was, here, buddy. I was at Denny's this weekend, first time in a long time, my daughter and I, and uh, we're trying to find a place to eat, and uh, Denny's just was the thing. Omelet shop, I love it, but we tried, tried Denny's. Don't be ashamed. So back to your food, though. So you take pictures of your food. Yes. Sexy pictures. Sexy pictures, sexy pictures of food. And any food can be sexy. That's cool. It's a fallacy. And then that. you became an influencer. Is that what the word is today? Like on social media, you're an influencer. People read your so stuff. I feel so official and I don't feel inf- official. Well, are, you, are you influencing people's choices then? Somebody reads your I hope stuff so. and then... I do get a lot of... Um, a lot of people do message me. I get a lot of um, direct messages through Instagram mm-hmm. of people who ask where they should go to dinner that night or where a dish was you from. In general, or, or? Yeah, asking if I can come out to their restaurant and I see what you did there, but I'm going to turn it around. I just like turn, that. You just burrow right cheek. through it. <laughs> turn it cheek. Just smash right through it. Okay, so you are you are kind of getting important. Is that uh, fun? 
Yeah, it is fun. So, Krista, uh, what else is exciting about you? Why do you matter in Grand Rapids? Do you do anything important in town besides your job? This is not like that does not make you challenge yourself spiritually or whatever fundamentally of who you are. Just like what do you now like it to does do? after you brought what that you, up? Uh, you know, why do you matter? Um, why do you deserve this oxygen? Go <laughs> now. Why do I? You know, I don't know if that's even like if that's the right way to ask that question because I feel like, you know, we all matter and. I don't think that I am more important than anyone else next to me. I think everybody's doing really great work in town, and everybody's involved and super wonderful. Cut that shit out. That is so bad. <laughs> Did you read that across uh, on the... on the? I read it on a bumper sticker on my way here. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, everybody is doing super work in town. Everybody out there, you're all doing Honk super work in awesome. town. Honk if Chris is awesome. Okay. <laughs> Good talk, everybody. Good talk, Rusty. Steve, yes. what are you reading nowadays? Um, well, Steve can't read. I it's, can't, it's but this actually goes to what you were saying a minute. Did mm-hmm. you see my Facebook post? I tagged you in it. I couldn't read it. Another Facebook post of ranting. It's not a it wasn't ranting. I, was, I had to go uh, uh, to date. No, I had to go to Raleigh, North Carolina earlier this week for a work trip. And in the airport, I sometimes just walk in and buy a book. And I found a book called Twilight of the Gods. And it was basically what, what the downfall of classic rock. I did see that. And yes. it was not the downfall in a complaining way like any of the millennials are taking away. It was a guy who's been a journalist for 40-plus years. He's about our age. And all the way from radio to tape to, you know, all those old classic rock bands in the late 70s and 80s, uh, they're dying off. They're getting older. They're dying. The music landscape has changed. So they don't exist anymore. And that kind of music just doesn't exist anymore. So I read that 350-page book on the airplanes in two days. You're just showing off now. No, I don't. That does not happen usually. Yeah, I mean, reader. I just burned right through that. Well, I was fascinated by it. So I was just completely into it because it really spoke exactly to something that I really love growing up. And I do like all those old bands. And I knew every single one they were talking about. And I actually had a lot of fun on the plane switching my headphones as soon as they started talking to chapter about REO Speedwagon or something. Bam! I was listening to that. Oh, it's Ozzy. Bam! Now on that. That's, you know. So, did you make that sound in bam, the Bam! I did that in the plane, and the old lady next to me kept giving me the side eye. Side eye is offensive. Yeah. Side eye? Side, side eye. It's offensive. It can be offensive. How do you, what, if you're doing like, mm-hmm, come here, honey. Mm-hmm, is that, I don't, what the hell's a side eye? You're the one who just said she, side but eye. But that was like a bitchy, like she was going to hit me. That's what I mean. It can this be old scary. lady was bitchy? Well, I kept going bam in the airplane really loud, and she was like, would you shut up, Sonny? And I was like, no. She said Sunny? Sunny? No, there was no lady. I said I was called Sunny, Sunny last night at at, uh, at the really? Subway Subway restaurant. <laughs> the Subway restaurant? You're a foodie too, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I went into a little place called Subway. Subway. The lady just kept calling me Honey and Sugar Pie and and three. Sunny. Mm-hmm. Mm. Are you sure it wasn't a front for drugs? For anything? Yes. What I'm is that sure weird side eye? She gave me the side eye. That was a it was bound not so subtle uh, side eye. Uh, Krista, what is one of the worst parts of your job? Yeah, you have to say happy things, right? Because Podcasts. Yeah, you pretty much um, can't get I'd that. say the worst part of my job is um, all all the no's. I mean, we're you're a fundraiser, so you're technically a salesperson, right? So anybody who's in sales or fundraising or financial planning or really anything like that can probably understand that you get a lot of rejection in this job. Mm-hmm. So you just have to have the kind of personality that can get beyond that and keep working towards 
your goal. Do you have a good personality for that? Mm, on most days. Is it you that gets the nose or is it the organization that gets the nose? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. What could you do to be better? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> you should go home and have a dialogue with yourself. What is the um, a memory that you two have together that stands out the most to you in the 40 years that you've known each other? Um, the story I have is a little long-winded, but I'll abridge it a little. Um, when we were in high school, a friend of ours owned some land down near Kalamazoo. We would go down there camping and, you know, partake in a, a beer or two. You know, it was a little here and there. But How was, old were you at the time? We, 17, we were 17-ish. Illegal drinking. Yep. And it was light beer. So just lay off, okay? It was light beer. <laughs> and uh, I remember one time we were setting up for tents, you know, and getting all ready. And we have to bag it up just a little bit. And I'll, like five or six or seven of us would go down every once in a while. And this was after a play we had all finished, right? I think that was it. We, we finished uh, the final um, run of a play. Whatever play. And then we all decided we're going to go spend the night. Down in the land. And we, we decided spend to Spend the night down, down at the land. Spend the light. Yeah. yeah. So we drive down there, uh, straight down 131, uh, go down uh, to the land near Schoolcraft, Kalamazoo area. And Steve and I shared a tent that night, I believe. But either way... I was going to make a really fun sound effect tonight. Um, so we were having a good time. <laughs> we had like two or three... <laughs> We had two or three beers, you know, we were having a good time. And we see over the ridge there, back towards the street where we parked all of our cars, that there were blue and red flashing lights. And oh, the you, police were... You got to sex it up. It was 100 yards away from the street, and it was foggy, and you could just see the... You know, the Why was it foggy in the tent? Because it makes it better. No, 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 no. We were all sitting around the campfire, and there was like oh, 10 of us. And There's yeah. more people there. Oh, got there was it. a lot. And we're all talking, and then looked up, and all of a sudden, I think it was me who actually noticed it. It was like, guys, there's cops over there. And yeah. it was like, ah, screw you. There's none. I'm like, no, there are cops over there. None of us had really been busted for having light beers in high school before, so there was some panic. As I remember it, bam, it was like a cartoon. Everybody went off in the woods throwing <laughs> beer cans and stuff and off into their tents. It's very While true. the patriarch of the group, who shall remain unnamed, took it upon himself who to... Who had great sideburns. Yes, great he south. took it upon himself to go talk to the cops for us because he was the most well-adjusted at the time. So he walked that. over to the policeman over by the cars yeah. and we couldn't see. Flashlight, 100 what? yards. We watched this flashlight go off in the woods and you could hear in the air, nine or two, one, you could hear doors Niner. slamming and stuff. And you, I'm being serious. You remember your door slamming and the echo of cops, which was making me personally, you know, I was freaking out. Losing <laughs> his mind. Um, I'd never seen anyone lock themselves in a tent. Steve did that. No. He was panicking so much. He couldn't get the zipper to work. When we needed him, because we needed his keys to move his car. There were some other issues, too, with other people who had four or five cars out there. So we all had to go out there and move the cars for the policemen, because that's why they came. They said we'd park too close to the no, street. No, yeah. We, well, first, when this person came walking back, we were all convinced it wasn't him, because the flashlight was, was moving differently. We are like, oh, it's a cop. We're dead. We're screwed. We're dead. And it, you and I... We're like holding each other, like in a hug. In like, an embrace. Oh, we were in embrace, a panic like freaking embrace. out. And the flashlight went to the campsite and it went down on a case of beer and it went right up into our faces from about 10 yards. And you and I, I think, just stood there going, eh, we're dead, we're dead, panic. we're dead. Total Until panic. the flash got close and it was our friend who said, Sideburns. Guys, there's about four cops out there. They want us to move our cars off the road. 
We're like, okay, are you serious? So remember that long march of like it was like a hundred yards of like fear, you know, walking in the woods in the dark towards these lights, like five of us, all with our keys, and we got there. Well, my favorite part of this is there was a really, really good friend of ours who had come with us who had partaken in the most amount of beers of all of us, and he needed to move his car about 20 feet. So he's walking with us with his keys. We're a little worried about him. He's a very funny guy, but he'd partaken in the most beers. So we get up there, and the cops repeat to us, hey, Guys, uh, there's a bunch of there's a bad element there's a, out there's there. There's a bad element out here in Schoolcraft, and we need you to move your cars. We don't want anybody driving on the street and banging smash your, your windows, your cars, smashing your windows. Right. And my buddy, the one who partook a lot, said, "You're so right, man. It's so true. That's so, so true. true. We're kicking them in the under." The <laughs> it was, and that is the second place where we thought we were busted. We're like, they can't let that go. No, no, no. And they're no. like, all right, carry on. I remember walking in my car, looking at my hand with my keys, going, don't screw this up. Shaking, right, your hand shaking. Put it right in the key slot and get in and move in. Yeah, that, that, that was so a fond memory. So holding Steve in this embrace of panic is one of my most fond memories of Stephen Clark Steckity the second. I second that. That was Is that your full fond. name? Yeah, how pretentious is that? You took the words right out of my mouth. What is your What is your memory that you were thinking of? Was it the same exact memory? No, it was memory? the same one. Really? Great. Oh, my yeah, gosh. That, that, one, dude, that one stood oh, way out. Oh, God, I want to hug you. That was a freaky night. That, That's better than, like, hot tub stories, you know, in general. Well, I got one more thing that we, we should do um, that you should try. This is, a, this is a game that all of you out there in podcast land should do. This is a great game. In business, it, your work environment, in any meeting that you're in. You should try this. This uh, this goes back a couple of years to me being in college, but uh, Brad and I have taken this on as we've gotten older. But quick story, back in college, my friend and I used to have to write a paper every single week for a playwriting class. We had to see a show and then write a review on it. And we challenged each other to put a really inopportune word into the review, like something that has no place being there, and then try as much as possible to place context and sell the fact that you use that word. Example. Well, I, because the teacher would read one of these out loud, and the hope was always that you'd get the one that was read out loud with the weird word. So we started off with medical terms. I think the first word I gave him was vas deferens, which is a male part. And he had to use the word vas deferens in his review. And I honestly of a play. don't of a plane. I honestly don't remember how he did it. Um, I also gave him papillomatous capillaries, which is a little silly in the lungs and i kind of remember that one and it was something about like he he, something about like you know watching this play really took the breath out of you like the papillo made his capillaries were constricted (laughs) and that was really good he worked that one well so that was good so anyways Down, down in his cockles in the cockles of his heart yep so now brad and i recently have taken one word on that we actually use uh when we go out and that word is lumberjacking yep and well lumberjack singular yeah. Or you can make it plural. Yes. Or you can make it a verb. You can make it a verb, a noun. Which is my favorite time when you just lumberjack the shit out of that, you know? Yes. So the, the game is next time you're in a business meeting. It has to be you in like have to challenge, the most formal of meetings. Yes. You have to challenge a person you're with on the way in to fit that word somewhere into your meeting. And so Brad and I don't have meetings together often, but we do use that word. So when I go off to a meeting, I'm selling a video or he's doing something with video, you know, whatever. Uh, I have to try to fit the word lumberjack anywhere into my pitch. And have you? 
Oh, I have. And I've even done it where I've just thrown my hands up and said, uh, lumberjack. And they'll go, what? And I say, well, this is game with my friends, so I, which did, is, I don't which have is, a reason to do it right now. <laughs> which is really giving up. You, yes, you that's, just, that's just throwing up. up. I don't know. That's awesome. I like to be in like training seminars where I'm up, I'm up in front of everybody and I'm losing people. They're dozing off. You know, it, it, it's really uncomfortable. We're going over like asbestos in construction, you know, or something. And I'll just throw in. And then, you know, when you're removing this, then you just lumberjack it. And then you move to the next one and you just and just keep pushing. And, yeah. and nobody even like, well, you have a little benefit, though, because lumberjacking is like, a, you know, a work. Mm-hmm. It's like it it's manual labor and it does have to do you with construction. You a lot easier. Yeah, I can't like, you know, fundraising. Let's get that camera out there and we'll just lumberjack that shot. That doesn't really. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> if, you're, if you're detailed enough, like, like. Like, use the bigger words and surround the bigger words around Lumberjack. Oh, I know. Like, Provide context. I know. Yeah. Well, it's a little harder. So, I guess the challenge would be to all of you out there, find a friend at work. Krista, you too. Hmm. I bet you have a friend at work. Hmm. And come up with something amusing that amuses yourselves and challenge each other to work it in. Give, give each other a word. The problem with me is I have a... And you guys are really good at this. I am not. Thank you. I am um, not great at keeping a straight face. Oh, I've seen that during this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really am not good at it. It's why I, it's why I'm not a famous actress. That's I the reason. I feel I would be. <laughs> that and your age, yeah. Krista, thank you for coming in and being part of episode number. What is it? One thousand and one. One thousand and one. Yeah. Thank you for coming I in. I thought it was one thousand one hundred. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we'll we'll fix it in, in the edit. But thank you for coming in. Yeah, it's, it's been a real pleasure to get to know you, Krista. You are honor. a special lady. An honor. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Okay. Well, you go out and do good in the world, okay? We'll be rooting for you. Thank you. Commentary you didn't ask for and a podcast you don't need. Absolute BS with Brad and Steve. This episode made me stupider. <laughs>